0: Welcome to Call That Girls Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day to day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girls Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 35. You can find all my shows and notes at call that girl dot biz slash office 365 or at call that girl dot You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash call that girl. I have lots of how-to videos and uh some old remote support shows are on there too, from the old days. Um, this show is about Microsoft Outlook and Office 365. I also talk a lot about Microsoft Exchange Migrations and other Technically entertaining story I could share from my past week or so. And remember, if you need help learning Office 365, I'm available for hire by the hour or project, and I also give tech discounts. Uh, you can email me, Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. And last week, I think I helped four techs. I didn't charge any of them. Not saying I would do it all the time, you guys, but last week was kind of a real, oh man, it was a. Um, it was a challenging week, I'll tell you that, because Outlook 2016, uh, I could talk about it for hours, but for the most part, it's got a few snags that we're going to talk about this show today, and uh, just to give everybody a little heads up, it is it is very challenging to fix, and like I couldn't even fix it on one computer, we had to roll back, which is just one of the fixes, because sometimes you can't fix everything with that, that upgrade, but we'll talk about it later in the show. All right, before we get going, I want to announce my sponsor, AppRiver. And if you are looking to resell or partner up with a vendor, I highly recommend AppRiver. I'm a partner with them, which means I earn commissions on every sale I do. You can also resell Office 365 or just Exchange or just any of their other products. They also do encryption and um, other website security, excuse me, email security. (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, You can contact my rep, Steve Harris, at sharris at appriver.com. And you can also check his email in the show notes as well. I've been with them almost three years, and I'm happy as a clam. I love having them as my backup. And it's just there's so much comfort knowing you can just call somebody and talk to them and not have to deal with waiting in first and second line in queues and waiting to get to the engineering level if you need to because they just get you there. So I love it. So give them a call, excuse me, email Steve Harris, steveharris, sharris.apriver.com. Okay, gang, we got a lot this week to talk about. Um, I believe since I transitioned off of PodNuts, the, the PodCatcher program should be catching my feed now. If you need an updated feed, uh, there's a link at callthatgirl.podbean.com, which basically just has the feed slash at the end. Um, I have you know a few hundreds of downloads from last week, so I know it's working. People are getting the new site. I didn't mean a few hundreds, but there's hundreds, and that's a good thing for a podcaster, so I know that the transition worked. So your feeds should have updated in iTunes and all your other catcher programs. Um, I got a few people that took me up on my offer last week, so I'm not gonna say what the offer was. If you want to go figure it out, you can listen to the show 34 and I will let you have another week of the free offer ending next Saturday. Today is January 23rd. So by, I'll say, end of month, if you still got the free giveaway, you can still check it out. And I had quite a few text outreach for that, so that was cool. Uh, one sec here. Okay, sorry about that. And let's see what else we got to talk about before we get rolling. Um, hmm, let's see. Fan mail has been great, and I'm liking that people are talking about stuff I'm talking about, which means the show is actually doing what I hope it does. Um, I did some statistics in my last show, the remote support show, which was a nice show. I just had a lot more listeners because my audience was wider. But you know what, you guys? What's happening is there's so many you know businesses that are needing Outlook and Office 365 help Because of just migrations or changes or the marketing's finally coming in from Microsoft, that techs need to know these little things. So if you ever have a question you want me to address, just email me, Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. Okay, now we can get on with the show. One thing I noticed this week, which I got an email for from Google, was that they're going to start doing domains. And I might be just, they might have been doing this for a while and I haven't been catching up. But to me, the marketing of that, because I had a Gmail account, I think that's how I got it. You know, it kind of frightens me as an Outlook person, <laughs> i got to say, because I have a lot of people that call me, they already have Gmail or Google Apps, or they have Google Apps and they don't use the sync tool, so I never know what I'm getting into. But they have the Outlook, and a lot of these people are going to buy right into this domains thing and start migrating stuff on their own, and, and so... I don't think I'm going to do any marketing um, in my newsletters about it, but just be aware that this is probably coming up and that people are going to be buying into the whole Google package, the big bundle, and I see it coming. So I'm just giving you guys a heads up about it that I see it's coming. And I don't know what's going to happen, but this week alone I took three Google Apps calls. I don't know if there was a glitch, Or Google changed something, and to be honest with you, I didn't have the time to go look into it because uh, I had too many other things going on, but I did notice the pattern. So what happens here with Google Apps is they limited the downloads to just one gig. And if you're listening and going, oh, Lisa, they've always done that. Well, I just didn't know about it till now. So what you need to do is down in the taskbar of the Google Apps Sync, little icon. I'm going to try to see if I can remember where it was. You can right click and in the sync tool, go to options and in there is a downloads area and you can pick one gig, which is the default. I think there's another five gig, 10 gig, and then unlimited. And one of my clients had 23 gigs. Yep. All 22 gigs were missing. So once I clicked the button, the email started coming down. Now, the interesting thing is, is that the Google Apps in Outlook is not set up as IMAP, it's set up as MAPI, I I believe. So it's a different structure on how email is managed in Outlook. And so you just can't go and do the IMAP things that you would normally do. Um, You might be able to, but you know, with IMAP, with Google, it puts on filters. And you can actually hide IMAP folders, you know, if you don't want to download the all mail and important and stuff like that. But Google Apps does not have that structure. So for those that do Google App support now, look just your heads up there. Um, I did notice that, and like I said, maybe it's happened for a while. I just happened to get three calls, which I thought was crazy. All right. Uh, so the client that did the migration was with it went perfect. Everything was awesome. But then we called, uh, one second. Sorry, I have a little cold. Uh, the client called in and said, okay, now that I've got all of the office 365, we want to use SharePoint OneDrive. And I said, well, they are cloud based only for sure. So I said, perfect. So I had to go through um, explaining to the client the difference between SharePoint and OneDrive and just make sure that people are clear because she happens to use Outlook on the desktop that if she wants her files up at SharePoint that you cannot just uh, attach it in an Outlook email. You have to actually go to SharePoint, download it and because I've kind of given up on any syncing tools working which they don't hardly anymore you know, I said that might not be the best solution for you. Uh, for sh- If you want to do emails with it. And she said, nope, we're absolutely fine with not using, you know, uh, without syncing. She goes, I want it all in the cloud. And I said, okay, well, here's what SharePoint does then. It's basically, if you want simple, basic SharePoint, you create a folder structure, you upload your files, and everybody in the, in the site or on the domain that's paying for it can view the files, edit online, and uh, in real time also to... Um, Authors, And then uh, sharing outside of SharePoint is a little more difficult, though. (laughs) Just remember that if you share a file in SharePoint outside of your domain, the person uh, getting the, the attached file has to have a Microsoft account to be able to open it up. And that's where people are turned off by it. But anyway, so then we looked at the company's OneDrive account that's shared and we verified it that each person had their own little secret OneDrive that was not shared. So that works out for her team to have their own individual files and then the SharePoint for the team. And then she happened to have um, another OneDrive account from we're talking, I think, even before SkyDrive, and I, I, it was actually called live something that I've never, I mean, I don't even know if I remember seeing it before, but it is so old. And that's where she's kept her files for years. So I thought that was quite unique. I was like, I felt like I went to a museum for a minute. Cause I was like, I don't even remember seeing that. I mean, that was like the original. So, uh, she's done migrated. The job went well after we finally got the DNS done. I'm going to close the book on that job. And, they're perfect for when your clients are perfect for the full office 365 experience. That's when you do your pre interviews to find out because she was perfect for it and it all went really great, but not every client is perfect for it. I'll tell you that. Okay. Then I did a. I uh, I always sound so exhausted when I talk about some of these jobs, but this one, uh, everything went fine in the backup. I did the DNS cutover. I uh, did the prep work in the Outlook, and this customer—how well, do you? How should I even say it? I think he had probably—I would just gauge three to five hundred folders. Okay, which is not uncommon. It's just not common, but I have seen that many. In fact, my max was thirteen hundred folders that I've seen. But I would say three to five hundred, you know, it's probably about safe. And he was on um IMAP, not Google, but just IMAP, and the filters were off. I know they were off because the first time I helped him, they were off, and I could see all the mail. I saw the numbers in the you know, the little in the left-hand corner. So I did the backup, cut the cut the MX records over, imported in, and now unfortunately. The first time he hired me, he had an IMAP issue, and it brought over the dreaded disc computer only" in parentheses, with uh, probably half his folders. There was a big IMAP mix-up. That's why he hired me in the first place uh, about a year ago. So, unfortunately, he's got one like set of folders, like 250, that were not affected, and the other 250 that were affected. And so, I I did the you know proper import. And the calendar was in, the contacts were in, the email folders all came in. And then I was sitting there watching and waiting and the email didn't come in. And I'm like, no way. Oh my God. And some of them were coming and I was on the portal for Microsoft trying to watch email come in. And I was like, this, this better just keep happening. And it did not. The email stopped after about three of the a folders. And that's when seriously panic mode struck because if, if by chance (laughs) uh, that import was now, believe me, before I imported, I even checked the mailbox size and my export. They were perfect. So it was, it was right on. Okay. I was like, this, this was going to suck. This is going to suck so bad because I would have to manually move the mail out of each folder up to the servers matching folder. And so I started going into panic mode of how do I troubleshoot this? Okay, (laughs) here's what I did. So I I did the typical stuff. Uh, I looked at the mailbox size after the import that it had stopped. was only at 400 meg or so. So I know that there was uh, some definite, you know, stoppage. And then I thought, okay, so I'm going to go and try to clear the filters again, just in case. And so, you know, I have that little YouTube video out, which um, I'll put in my notes, okay, for that. Um, any, any IMAP, if there's filters applied, you have to do that before migration to get the mail. Okay, so I, I cleared the filters, and the mail still wasn't coming down. <laughs> okay, and that's it. I was like, all right, this isn't good. I was starting to panic even worse. And I thought, well... Um, I started uh, thinking about some other things I could do because I was like, what else am I going to do? I rebooted the client's computer and all of a sudden the mail started coming down because the filters needed something with the reboot. It didn't do it with closing out. Look, I think I haven't prayed as hard as I did that day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because the client absolutely would not have done that email move and I don't blame them. But it's not my fault. It's technology. But I still would have had to do it, and that really scared me, because that night I hadn't planned on moving 400 folders of email. So that's one of the things that can happen in a migration that you're like, oh great, I'm gonna get the email uploading and I'm done. No, I would have been doing that for hours, and it would that would have been my job that night, and. I would have taken the hit on the job in my, in my wage. And because you can't really blame a client for that. And that's just stuff we do is we eat the time. And, uh, so that's why I try to tell you folks, my little fixes. So in case it happens to you, which it could be aware that you have to re clear the filters, then reboot. And the email all came down. I was just so happy. <laughs> I have no idea. I was literally happy, happy, happy. But then I'm not happy with Outlook 2016. I worked on a few computers this week. Some I got fixed, some I didn't. But the biggest problem with Outlook 2016 is a two-part. One is with Windows 10, and the other one is with Windows 7. But the bigger problem is with 10, Windows 10 now. So I've talked about this in the past shows, but what happens is Windows 10 and Outlook 2016 and Exchange is a big issue, and if you're, um, if you've started it, let's say you just loaded Windows 10 fresh, you installed 16 fresh, you add an Exchange account fresh, and you get errors, and the biggest errors is Outlook cannot log on, and that is actually a multi, uh, multi-issued uh, error. There is a lot of Microsoft errors that start with that so it's really hard for me to even blog this and help people because literally it, it can fix like five different things and it's really hard to determine which thing you're trying to fix so what what I did was is I have a little troubleshooting list of things I did to try to help this client one is that um let's say you have a fresh outlook 2016 a fresh Windows 10 well if that Windows 10 was an upgrade this is where your problems start Okay, because if Windows 10 was an upgrade from 7, and if they ever had 2007 on the other system, that that's a huge problem right there, just to let you guys know. You actually have to think about if, that's, uh, if it's been an upgrade and whether or not they had old uh, Office before. I think I talked about this last week, actually. You have to strip the registry out of all 2007, and in fact, I just delete everything past sixteen at that point I just delete it all I of course I back up the registry first okay always back up the registry first and then once it's done then you can uh, then you can go and delete all the Outlook um, uh, items in there that's helpful clearing out the old Windows credentials is helpful okay so if you need to because it's attached to an old exchange server um, Let's see, you also can, what I do is I I copy, I see I cut out the OST file and move it to like a shared, not shared, um, to just another folder just in case I need it. I just never know because remember, folks, I don't delete. I just cut things and, and move them. Uh, the OST file, the one thing I found it does is that it creates these 16,000 a 16,000 KB file in, a, in addition to the OST file. And I'm finding that I've seen that on a few people's computers, the 16,000 KB file. It's like a, it's like it's putting its stamp in there. And I think that's where the problems are, that it's uh, kind of doing two OST files with the same profile. So I just took both out and started fresh. And then what else did I do? I did the registry, did the Windows credentials, um, the OST. You can also turn off cache mode. Now, the cache mode option to shut that off, well, if they travel, they might need that cache mode, so that's not going to be a fix. You know, I mean, I've seen that out there, too, where it did work for my client once, and then a few days later, it didn't work. It failed for her again. So uh, you could try it, but just be prepared for your client to call you back and say that did not work. And again, if you do any kind of troubleshooting with this, with a client, you got to tell them this could break again. And I spent, I don't know, probably many, many hours with this one because I was trying to debug and fix it and figure it out. And I gave the client a free research on this so I could learn it better. And it was hours that I wouldn't have never you know built her for cause it was me testing and learning. And like I said, when I thought I had it fixed, she called me back, said it broke again. I'm like, dang it. The thing is driving me nuts cause I can't tell exactly what it is. Okay. So back to what I was saying in the beginning of the segment is you got the windows 10, 2016. All right. There's the other one. Um, this a friend of mine on Facebook, who's a tech, she had a fresh install of 10 on a brand new hard drive so there was nothing in the back ever touched 2016 and what was messed up when i was helping her is that i actually did my ctg test account just fine but her clients would not work it was very very messed up it was very very messed up and um I think she had to reinstall it again. I think her Windows 10 installation was the problem on that. That was it. There was something messed up because there was no OST files or anything. And um, so it, you just can't tell what these, which, what the fix is going to be. But I do have a blog out there with some options to try. The regedit, the credentials, the OST removal, and the cache. And also downgrading is an easy answer if they can. But a lot of people that buy Office 365 now don't get the downgrade options. But I will let you know if you go into the advanced settings before you download the 16, you might be able to get old 13. It's in the little hidden button. Advanced installs. All right. What other little buggy things I fixed this week? Let me go see here. I had a... Very interesting migration, which I would call the most backwards migration I've ever done. <laughs> I had a client that I did his migration this week. And all of a sudden, later on in the night, he's like, oh, by the way, I forgot I have an employee. <laughs> Oops. Which I thought was really cute. So I'm like, okay, let me go add a new mailbox here for you. And um, I remote it to his computer. First problem is he's on DSL. He lives out in the country in the mountains. So the guy doesn't have very good internet. So after about a half hour, we finally got connected. That was our first problem. Then I remote into his computer and he has outlook 2007. That's broken. And I know it's broken. I can just tell the second I'm in there, man, it's, it was like bad news. I tried to set up the new exchange, fail, fail. I said, we're giving up. I was like, how am I going to get this mail now? I said, well, maybe I could try it on my computer. Well, he's like, well, I only do it on the online web access through one of the big companies. And I said, okay, well, I couldn't get it to download <laughs> either. So I was really doomed at this point. And at that point, yeah, I was like, okay, I've tried three things. I'm having a lot of problems. And and he has just a simple mailbox, too, guys. Just simple, handful of folders. So I couldn't get it to download. I don't believe... Um, I don't believe I was going to do it on my computer. I used to do a lot of them on my computer, but this one I, I opted out to. I think it was too late at night. Um, okay, so I get onto his mail on the web. And, oh, so I was logged into his Office 365 and on the, the user portal, the login.microsoft. And I'm like, how do I get this mail over? Well, it just dawned on me that the portal for his online web access is super old, too. Where you just can't move folders. So I actually, one by one, uh, did select all and dragged it to the inbox. Then I went to the online portal, created the folder that matched his one on his online, uh, his OWA. And I moved it manually. I don't know, it took maybe half hour. wasn't bad. But, I mean, that's, we're at an hour plus at this point because of all the troubleshooting and fixing and problems I had. But I finally got all of his mail moved via the web <laughs> from one to another it was very interesting. I, you know, I actually think I did use my, I think, how did I do that? I moved it. Oh, I did. I set it up on my computer to do it from, I did set up the online web in my outlook and his server at the same time. Oh, I hate when I get phone calls on shows guys, oh, I'll turn off my phone. Okay. One sec. Okay, here we go. Sorry about that. Um, All right, I'm back. So, yes, I did do it on my computer. I forgot about that little part. So, anyway, then he was on uh, his computer, and he could see all of his mail in the Microsoft portal. And then at the very end, he says, oh, where's my contacts? Oh, no, where are those contacts? I said, yep, of course. (sighs) They're on a very, sorry about that. They're on a very outdated OWA. And I'm talking old, outdated, old, 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 old. And um, I could not export the contacts. Now, what do you think that is? (laughs) I actually looked. It actually said, um, coming soon, that you can export the contacts. I'm like, really? How old is this? (laughs) So I went to his contacts. Thank goodness he only had 120. I actually copied them into uh, copy and pasted from his computer to mine. And this is insane. I copied and pasted them through my remote tool to uh, an email, open email. I did control A or sorry, alt K to got them all to authenticate. I copied them and added them to his address book in the online or through exchange in my outlook and it went onto his portal. I had no idea that this is how this job was going to go. And this is the stuff I have to deal with. I mean, it was almost a two-hour job, which the client got billed appropriately for. But you just don't know when you start into these things. And because he was the oops, I forgot a guy, I'm like, I got it all done for Because it's some sometimes backdoor stuff, man. That was, that was kind of fun, though. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> kind of really made me think, like, how am I doing stuff? I don't really remember. All right. And then I did... Um, Uh, You guys got to be also just be a little careful when you're dealing with iCloud if you get some calls for that. I had a really snaggy Outlook contacts issue, but luckily um, you can move iCloud contacts to Exchange and keep all the notes and stuff. What a lot of people don't know is sometimes in Outlook, when people go and attach their phone or do something, iCloud will hijack Outlook. And next thing you know, it hijacks their contacts and calendar, and then it's a big mess. And this happened to this client. This has happened to a few of my clients also, by the way. So I basically just, um, luckily I took a copy of them, right click copy and moved them right over to the server. And I follow what I call appropriate outlook move structure, which is you go to the folder, right click, and you have an option of copy to, or move to depends on the version of outlook. I always copy first, then you put it into the right exchange folder. And don't drag. I'm not a fan of dragging. I mean, drag one or two emails, maybe, or one or two contacts. But if you're doing hundreds or thousands, use the tools built in Outlook, which right-click move or copy option. That way, you get everything kind of exact, and it just makes for less uh, problems. If let's say you got sticky fingers or you fat fingered something, you know, this way it's using the you know the right tool to get the job done. Uh, yep. Yeah, iCloud definitely. Um, the context move is super important to people because it hijacked it out, put it in iCloud and you got to get back in. Oh, it's horrible. I've seen it too many times. Way too many times. Okay. And then I helped a lady with, um, this was a non-paid job. It was actually just called a consulting. Um, you know, I think when you start taking on consults, you could figure out within five, 10 minutes, if this is going to be a client you want to work with. And here's what I've learned about getting to the next level is not every client is for me. You know, I offer a 15 minute consult for a reason. I know in five, 10 minutes, if we're going to work together or not. And this lady called in, she had already done a migration with outlook to, with uh, GoDaddy. She'd already done a bunch of stuff. It sounded like there was just, you know, she had some issues left over. And I said, well, since I don't know what I'm getting into, I'm just going to quote you an hour to start, one to three hours. That's kind of my typical. You guys have heard me say this. At the 15-minute mark, uh, I must not have figured out enough of her problems because she kept wanting to talk, and I was fine with that. And I kept saying, well, this is probably just could be an hour. And I said to her the first time, Okay, so we're at about the 15-minute mark. So is this something that you'd like to schedule an appointment for, you know? And, and she just kind of robbing roundabouted me into more problems that all circled back to original problems. I was getting concerned. I was like, maybe I'm, I, I don't know if I understand her anymore. I was kind of lost in the problems. And at the very end, I said to her again, well, we're at the 25-minute mark now. And I already said it's probably gonna be an hour's worth of work. So at this point we're halfway through an appointment. You know, and does that make any sense to you guys? This is why I only give a 15-minute consult, because if I'm billing somebody an hour, oops, if I'm only billing someone for an hour, I you know, the 15 minutes is plenty to I shouldn't even have to do that with a one-hour appointment. You know, you'd think. So at that point I just, you know, I said, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to help you. And then she was like I feel bad for her. She's like, "Uh, so you don't think you want to work with me? I'm like, well, if you, if, if I can help. (laughs) And then she pulled it out at the very end. We're having problems with OneDrive. I'm like, okay. So then I said at this point, you should just call GoDaddy back. If you need their help from them, because they will help you to their, you know, technical knowledge level. But isn't that just crazy? 25 minutes. I got nowhere and I don't think the client's going to call me back and I don't even know if I want the client cause I don't even know if I understand the problems in the first place. But you know, it comes down to where do you cut that that consult time off? I tried and I let it go 10 more minutes. Not that that's a big deal, but you just still, you know, I learned from this call. I, I, I think I learned that I, I let her go past that five, 10 minutes. I know I can work with this client person or, you know, I know I can work with them. It, it was kind of a, a lot to process. Alright, gang, let me go see my notes here. See what else I got. Um, My favorite figuring this out here. No, I think that might be enough for the jobs. This week, you guys, I have uh, a pretty neat guest. Um, I've been with uh, Technable now for six years. I've been on the forums anyway, and I've been a participating member there. If you haven't been to Technable, it's technibble.com. I've had a few of the members there on his guests. And this week we have John Wright, who is, um, 10 yard fight. He's one of my favorite posters there. He always has good, valuable information to share. And, uh, he's always a participating member as well. And he's got a nice shop going on. So let's do this. Let's take a break and we'll have John ready, queued up here in a few minutes. Hi, folks. We're back now with John Wright. Uh, John, go ahead and just tell our listeners a little bit about your business there and where you're located.
1: Well, we are IT Indianapolis, and we're located in uh, actually a suburb of Indianapolis called Greenwood, Indiana. And uh, we're a small shop. There's uh, seven of us. Um, We do a little bit of everything, but our focus is on managed services for small businesses, oh, five to 75 seats. Nice. uh, so as such, we're, we're doing a whole lot of office 365 migrations.
0: Good. Lots of good work that came in the past few years for us. I love it. (laughs) I know we do. And here's the best part, John, is that people are like, well, what happens when everybody's over on office 365? I'm like, don't worry. They'll have another upgrade. Right. (laughs) And we'll have more work. (laughs) Right. I don't think we're ever going to be out of work. So, So when did you guys start doing migration work? Approximately.
1: Well, we've only been in business five years oh,
0: wow.
1: uh, as as a company, so I think that um, that helps us in a lot of ways because you know a lot of our competition is really stuck mm-hmm. selling big pieces of hardware and uh, doing things a certain way, and um, because this business changes so often, the things that we don't know now now we have people that work here that are a lot smarter than I am, but mm-hmm. the things that we don't know about maybe managing an on-premise exchange server that doesn't have to hold us back because most of our clients should be on Office 365 right. anyway. So we get to just move them there and, and do business the way we know how to do business.
0: That's right, and that's what that's why I'm successful. I move a lot of people off the old server in the closet. Yep. And when they call in and they're having problems, I'm like, why are you on that old system? And, right. you know, and the last client that I did actually, they had – I don't know if, I think they were IMAP, but they didn't have their own server or anything, but they were worried that they had to have a full-time IT person to manage their email. I was like, no, not anymore. Nope. No. And that's what sold them, was that it's, you know, it could be IT admin from the cloud, like from me or you.
1: So, yeah. so the company's only uh, five years old, and we got, you know, we did our first migration, well, you know, um, we did our first, I was out of the frying pan into the fire because our first <laughs> migration was a 70-seat migration. Oh,
0: and my God.
1: Yeah, so um, now, granted, I do consider myself an Outlook expert, and Outlook user for 15 years. I I bought Hosted Exchange as an end user yep. in 2007. So nice. So between 2007 and 2011, I was understanding you know, how it all worked, and then when we started... Uh, we got this big job from an existing uh, customer. We evaluated uh, s- several vendors, uh, Rackspace, I think maybe Intermedia, and Microsoft. Well, you might remember in 2012, Microsoft's offering wasn't that good or well-regarded. Yeah. People were worried about who was going to support them. So our first customer there, they chose Rackspace at $10 uh, per mailbox mm-hmm. for basically what Microsoft is selling for $4 now. Was
0: that just for exchange Uh, only?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much just exchange. only. Of course, Rackspace has awesome support. So they picked Rackspace. And um, when we told Rackspace about it, you know, they said, well, $500, we will do the migration. And so Mm. uh, my team didn't have to do the heavy lifting, but we learned, you know, during that process, how it was done. Wow.
0: Hmm. Interesting. well, just for those that are listening, I support App River and their migrations. So, <laughs> but I, I do work with clients that have Rackspace, and I will do I will help you know the clients of whatever they're using. So yeah, that
1: anyway. was the only yeah. uh, that was the only customer we ever put on Rackspace. Really, uh, and they're off now. So, by no means is that an endorsement for Rackspace. No. And uh, support is support. So exactly, when you call out you call up App, App River, you know someone's going to answer um people were concerned about signing up with microsoft because you can't say that about microsoft so
0: oh that's the reason why when i tell people about migrations i say you're paying for support with with me and with my vendor that's why it costs a couple more bucks but my god it's worth it so are you with app river now no no okay just wondering i i they're my sponsor and everything else but i you know we could talk about anything and you know as long as it's just discussion so feel free to say whatever you want no worries all right. Yeah. And then plus, I do migration work with every kind of company. I, I don't know what I'm getting into. Like you guys, right. when you take on, when you onboard a new client, you know, you got, you want to get them on your systems. You know, that's what your company does, MSP, right? So, right. yeah, got to follow the leader. So, what are you guys doing outside of Exchange for Officer 65? Like, uh, what other products are you helping implement?
1: Uh, that's a tough one uh, because we are, not doing much. Uh, <laughs> Welcome we to one, the crowd. <laughs> I know, right? That's why everyone's listening, for the most part. Uh, uh, part partly, you know. Uh, I think, and I feel like OneDrive is a is turned the corner and is going to be a big part of 2016. I think. I think OneDrive was really poorly done over the last several years, and then with Office 2016, I think maybe they got it right. Maybe that's wishful thinking.
0: Yeah, let's, so, let's just keep hoping.
1: Yeah. I think, <laughs> so. um, you know, if we're for our small clients that, like you said, we're pulling their server out of their closet yeah. when it's time to replace it, um, they need a file. They need map drives with permissions for different yeah. users. That's really what they need. I don't really care right now about the, the integration with Word and Excel and Outlook. I just want yeah. file server capabilities uh, for those users, and we'll, we'll be pretty excited about that.
0: Well, have you guys been through – I've talked about this on my show a few times. The SharePoint used to be able to map drives and then went through IE, and then it would break. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they, <laughs> after that failed, then they added the sync tool, which used the OneDrive as the engine with right. SharePoint. And that to me was disaster. I, right. I just – I couldn't even take it. It was yeah.
1: horrible. We, we describe SharePoint to people as – as a product for and, and i'm willing to be corrected on this but as a product for for large businesses that want to pay a sharepoint developer That's to it. to design a workflow around certain documents and permissions and okay it goes to this department yep. and this department but i mean we have a hundred clients and no one using sharepoint not a single no. one
0: and you know what uh you've seen this on technical i've posted out there does anybody here know sharepoint that well and the thing is is that 10 years ago, I worked in a corporate job. We had two SharePoint admins. Yeah. It supported 1500 people and everything was done on SharePoint. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, you need that person. So when I do my, uh, my calls with my clients, I never even talk about it because nobody would want it. That's my client.
1: Yeah. Cause it doesn't as function. As far right. as I know, you can just, you cannot pull SharePoint out of the box and just no. use it. I no. mean, it's a, it's a tool for a developer to, to develop yep. a solution around. And I love it when people say, cause we do a lot of web development and we do some really fancy stuff on the web. So I love mm-hmm. it when people say they want SharePoint because usually when I talk to them, <laughs> I realize that there's something else that they really need and I can get them into that solution, and talk them out of SharePoint.
0: Yeah. Cause, cause I'm sure you guys do WordPress and there's a lot of cool things that could replace SharePoint and WordPress Yep. for Absolutely. like CRM or, yep. you know, uh, things like that. When you listen to the show later, um, just before you joined, I talked about a client who actually I did a successful SharePoint OneDrive with her, but it was uh, it was the cloud only, no downloading needed. She actually wanted her staff to be on the cloud, hundred percent. Yep. And because they use phones and tablets, I go there. You right. go. Right. That's how you find out when you you know do your your interview with your clients of what they need. Uh, that was awesome.
1: Well, I've probably got five clients right now ready to roll this out as soon as I figure out how to roll it out. and So I'm really hoping that I do figure it out at some point, but they're 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 using things like Dropbox um, mm-hmm. and when they separate from an employee, they have no way of really knowing that they're pulling mm-hmm. them that stuff off. If that employee's computer gets stolen and the drive's not encrypted, then all the Dropbox data yeah. is already on the drive. So there's all kinds of reasons to, to pull them off. I just don't really have a good place to take them right now.
0: Yeah, and guess what? Dropbox is probably tickled pink that OneDrive failed because they just got oh, enormous yeah. business. And Microsoft, I heard, is going to buy them. I was right. like, if you could get that file permission, go ahead. I'd love it.
1: Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> that, that, that'd be a product <laughs> heaven for me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know. And that's where I feel like I talked about this before in other shows is that people want to use every product they buy for Office 365. I'm like, you're going to spend hours of labor trying to get that to work yep so it ain't worth it for the 12 bucks you know just yep. buy exchange only and just get it over with
1: uh, yeah. skype for business might be the exception there we've got yeah. a few clients using it um for you know yeah. chatting between internal staff members and doesn't seem to be a whole lot wrong with that no. probably because you know they didn't build it no exactly
0: <laughs> they, just, they just bought it right that's like I'm just waiting for them to come by me <laughs> <laughs> just buy my business. All right. So you guys just do basically exchange moves and then nothing else. I mean, do you uh, resell the office suite too?
1: We do um, more and more uh, okay. every month. We're getting more and more of those. Yeah. And the reason, the reason is um, obviously if you already have office, it's a, it's a tough sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every time you, our clients buy a brand new computer, it's an easy sell. Yeah. Like, Hey, Two hundred and nineteen dollars for a perpetual license, or eight fifty for a monthly license, and you get to tell that user that they can put it on four more of their own computers, which is a nice little mm-hmm. perk. And we find it find managing it way easier. for For one, the end user can just install it themselves. Yeah. Uh, and for two, we don't have boxes in the closet anymore or open licenses keeping the it. keys everywhere. Yeah. When yeah. was that when you <laughs> yeah no more stickers um, no. so every time someone buys a new computer we get a, we usually can sell them an, a license for office nice. and, um, and then that's that's pretty much it I mean as soon as office as soon as people really want office 2016 uh, that'll drive some more sales um, but we're not quite there yet
0: yeah in this show earlier um, my topic with your show is actually outlook 2016. And I only talked about it briefly. I could have went on for an hour. I, I've had a lot of problems with 16 with Outlook. Really? Just seriously, hoard stories, yeah. And uh, there, you can go out, and the common errors, John, is Outlook cannot log on. Typical. Well, uh-huh. I'm on page one of Google. I've already had three updates to that blog to
1: really? try to fix
0: that error. And I just feel like I'm constantly spinning where I'm actually getting people that are like, Hey Lisa, they know me. They went and uh, Googled it and found my blog post there and I'm like, good luck. My blog has the updates. It's tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We haven't run into too much of that and I'm sure it's partially, we haven't run into as much as you because you're uh, branded so well nationally and people that are having problems find you. Well,
0: what's happening is, is remember you have clients that you already know their systems, right? I'm taking calls from random people that I don't know their systems. Right. And I don't know what's been installed. I don't know what they had before Windows 10, if it was fresh, if it's not. And I just go in and troubleshoot. So it's it's a toss-up for me. You know, yeah. I, I kind of miss, like, the old days of knowing people's systems when you're in an environment like yours. <laughs> right. You know what they had. You know what they did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So when you guys do migration work, do you, like, involve all of your team members, or do you got some just parted out for migration work? Do you give them roles and stuff like that?
1: You know, we're, we're really kind of ad hoc- um, so it's, you know, I grab whoever is available, um, uh, you know, mm. whoever's done it before or done it like this before. If it's migration whiz, it who's used migration whiz before.
0: Well, that's the easy uh, part, John,
1: who the client likes, you know, <laughs> there's all kinds of reasons for what we put on there, but, but generally one, like our most recent one, um, I say that one of my guys had 12 hours in it and I had. An hour and a half, nice. so it's mostly done by him.
0: That's good. Yeah, delegate the labor. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm working on I'll right hiring. now. Hire <laughs> him. Well, the goal for us as leaders is to get the top level work done, and then the techs do the other work. And then, what's what are you guys doing for aftercare?
1: Well, we are um, basically <laughs> time and materials, straight hourly. So. You know, we do. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if somebody's a big pain in the rear from, from an aftercare perspective. But also, like you said, we we know their environments. We already have mm-hmm. persistent remote access to all their machines. Um, and with MigrationWiz, we've found that we don't even have to do these at night anymore or we don't have to do yeah. this on the weekend anymore, you know, because you can pre-stage everything. So. There's not a lot of aftercare, and we, we have a lot of email templates that we that cool. we have. Like, this is, hey, at, at 5 o'clock, you're not going to have access to your email anymore, your old portal. Mm-hmm. By 9 o'clock, you are going to have it over here. When you come in in the morning, we're, we're usually on site.
0: Oh.
1: We have a couple times we, we chose not to be on site. Um, and there's some other tools that help us not have to be on site. But, uh, yeah, so we, we kind of lay it out for them and tell them what to expect. And when it comes to aftercare, you know, just like you've talked about hundreds of times, it's signatures and auto-completes and yep. uh, you know, stuff like that.
0: Oh, yeah, the stuff I've actually got down to a checklist now. Yeah. And for, for me to sell the, my, the mailbox at the price I do, you know, I tell people, you're 100% happy at the, at the end. I'll just say that. Because right. yeah. I'm sure you've heard it, too. Someone called you and said, well, they kind of did a migration, but they didn't fix anything except just migrate the mail. And I'm like, because they didn't do a full-on, full on, full, a full yeah. migration. They just did the migration of the email, which is like, what, 25% of the work sometimes, you know? Yep. And then and so, they, they wouldn't get calls back.
1: Kind of like you, we, you know, our people don't really like an open-ended hourly you know, engagement. So yeah. we try and flat fee it to some extent. We'll try and guess how long it's going to take. Yeah. We'll, we'll quote a flat fee uh, like you do but um, we offer white glove service just like oh you. I like
0: that white glove
1: no. a, oh, a guy I'm... actually just told me yesterday as we wrapped up he's, he was a real estate guy and he said you know if you came to if you hired us to do a real estate deal you would have to know and do nothing related to the real estate and this migration he was kind of chewing me out a little bit oh no he said. He, he said he said this should be the same way for this because basically they had a couple of executives who didn't cooperate with us, so didn't get their phones done when everyone else got their phones done. Very minor problems, but uh, you know the most important people in the company, you know, couldn't get their email on their phone for a few hours.
0: And that's a panic.
1: It's pretty. It's a pretty small problem in our world. And that's and that's what I had to tell him. I was like, man, uh, actually, this went really, really well. <laughs>
0: Except for the two VPs
1: that didn't have email for a few hours. Yeah, wow. and their phones on their phones. Granted, they were sitting at their desks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They weren't like off
0: on doing real estate business on the right. road. Right. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs>
1: Pretty small problem. So I had yeah. to I had to explain to him how. You know, we had been agonizing over this for days and making sure this went perfectly. And the fact that two users' phones, you know, didn't get set up until afternoon was, was a, a win. Oh,
0: well, guess what you learned from that lesson is you tell the new client, who are your four most important important VPs?
1: Yeah, well, I should have known.
0: And I will do that myself. I just did a prep. Um, The client actually I just picked up was they were like, look, I want you to be in my Outlook before the migration. And, you know, I spent an hour and a half with him cleaning up his Outlook that no yeah. tech would have been able to do because that's what you, you said. I'm an outlook expert. That's what we do. Well, that would have been a horrifying job for a, a migration tech to try to fix. Yep. That's why I was like, awesome. And he's the owner. So I got that done and I said, I'll just make sure I do yours when we do the yep. migration. Cause I have a migration tech I work with now and I'm just like, cause I know that system. I'll just do it <laughs> It'll yep. be a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, every, every migration, there's lessons to be learned. Right, John? Sure. <laughs> Something that makes you guys better. So then at that point you can raise your rates. Right? Right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. All right. So did you so you guys um uh are you doing any Yammer or OneNote? Those are kind of the extra little add on products that no one uses either. <laughs>
1: definitely definitely not from uh yeah. the- from a support standpoint, I installed Yammer, and I set up the site for our company. Um, I looked at it for two days. That was six months ago. Never looked at it Never again. Never looked
0: at it again, yeah. Isn't it supposed to be for social media with SharePoint or something?
1: It's supposed to be a place for for people in your company to – yeah, it, sa- it sounds like SharePoint because it's a place for people in your company to do something that looks like social media, you know, yeah. collaborate with each other and stuff. It's just completely stupid. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that was another product they bought and integrated in. And, and you know what's yes. funny is I follow a lot of Office 365 people on Twitter. And all they talk about is stuff I never deal with. Yeah. I'm like, where, are what land are you guys living in? Who are your clients? I don't even know. And that comes from the difference of technologies. You know what I mean? So I know we're doing it right if we're getting clients, but I don't know how they get clients because they're always developing something and yeah. like, who pays them.
1: I don't Who knows? Yeah, yeah I don't you, know. you ever encountered a, a Yammer user in the wild? Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> one, OneNote, on the other hand, um, going all the way back to um, 2005 or something, I remember one of my yeah. employees in a previous business was thrilled and excited about OneNote and he was kind of a techie. And so I think it's a good product. It's kind of like Evernote, you hear lots of texts. Yeah. Love Evernote. I've yep. never used it. I don't have a need for it because I've already, I'm already managing my notes in a different way. Me there's too. No, there's no reason for me to move, but I think I think OneNote probably has some legs. You
0: know? you know what? Though I talked about this before, my OneNote people know it way better than me. Right. I mean, and and let me just tell you that they are still on old SkyDrive with some of their OneNotes. notes. Yeah. I mean, they've been on it for years, and um. I think I tested it. Uh, I talked about this before. I tested it on my phone. I couldn't get uh, OneNote on my phone to work, and be- yeah. I spent like an hour on it. I was like, "Screw this!
1: Yeah, I'm not me gonna." Too.
0: And I keep my own notes in Exchange's Notes feature, so I don't need it. And I kind of don't need the complication of all the tabs. So I was like, "Yeah, whatever." But um, yeah. there's two things that are needed, John, in this world: a OneNote expert and a SharePoint expert for hire. Right. that would make my circle complete I
1: think yeah
0: well actually OneDrive, too but you know if, if, the, if we could just find people that are experts in those we'd have a lovely circle
1: Well when it comes yeah. to OneNote I'm wondering what's there to be an expert in I mean what what do you possibly have to manage in OneNote I mean there's a well, no collabor I mean there's very little collaboration or I mean the syncing I'm assuming just happens.
0: Mm, the few know. calls I've had were messed up within the program itself, and I remoted into one guy and said I can't do this job. I, even after I took yeah. his money and his client agreement, I said, I, "I always say I can try because sometimes it's something I can fix." But I looked at the, I was like, "I can't fix that." It was something he had copy and pasted and had a bunch of tabs wrong, and it was messed up.
1: Yeah. But, well, here's the number one problem with OneDrive, OneNote, and Skype. Skype for business, OneNote for business, OneDrive for Mm.
0: business—it's
1: this whole Microsoft account BS. Oh God! People—they don't know—they don't know they had a Microsoft account, and and then you go to some portal, and Microsoft says, "Are you with a university, or do you get this at work?" I mean, it's just—it's just the absolute worst implementation of a product ever with these varied Microsoft accounts. And don't don't forget
0: that they have a Windows 10 and Windows 8 login too now. Yeah. So that makes it even. And then here's the worst part. On top of that, John, then they go and buy off the shelf five for ninety nine dollars. Right. That's an account too. Yeah. So they literally could have three different Microsoft accounts. And you're right. That's that's the worst part of it.
1: Yeah, and that's why they get. And that's probably the reason they get their OneDrive jacked up or something. Because I got my OneDrive jacked up <laughs> because I'm looking on my phone and I've got two or three different OneDrive repositories because of the different times I've signed in with different. User ID is just trying to test it.
0: Yeah. That's why I gave up on it. I just yeah. I just keep it simple. And that's you know, the Microsoft thing, I was locked out of my own Microsoft store account last month. Nice. Because I'd have mixed up accounts and then I needed to download my uh, 2013 again. And they said, Oh, you need to redo your security, so that'll be 30 days. I'm like, what? I've heard that
1: before. I've heard,
0: else I, say that. I had yeah. to wait 30 days for me to go get a fresh download. No kidding. And I was yeah. like, why would they do that? And then they sent me an email the day of saying, Oh, you've been lifted. Now you can go log in. I was like, this is BS. Really? Yeah. yeah it, it sucked. And that to me would have been challenging. I know my clients would have said, screw it, make me a new account and let's just buy it now. They yeah, don't care but, about $99 if they have to wait a month for software. Right No. So you guys, um, so, back to that reselling the software, like if you sell it to one of your managed service clients, do you keep their their you know email and their password or do you sell it from your own?
1: As okay, a- so since we are uh, Microsoft partners, um, we actually um, went to the trouble to get the silver competency for cloud okay. something, cloud services provider, something like that. Okay. Um, and so, what we're not doing, just for clarification, uh, right now what we're not doing is the CSP which is the cloud services program okay that's that's a little bit newer but we're, we're just a partner so we have a portal and we provision an offer for a brand new every time you want to make somebody a new account you go into your portal and you say this guy has 13 seats and this is the license I want to offer him times 13 give him a link he signs up he pays but now he's in your portal so we have our 30 or so. Uh, clients in one pane of glass, and so from that pane of glass, uh, we can manage what licenses, along with them, because mm-hmm. um, they have their own if they're admins. But we can manage their licenses and like give get them more, and we can reset passwords from there. Yeah. So we don't have to keep their passwords, although we kind of do. We try because sometimes they'll call us because they got a new phone. Yeah. And we say, well, what's your password? They don't know. I was like, well, I can tell you the one, what it was seven months ago. When we, said <laughs> thing. we could try it.
0: Hey, did you catch it? Microsoft finally sets? you can set it to never expire finally. Yes. Was that not like charging you when you saw that? I was like, oh my God, it happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. There goes a bunch of tickets.
0: Right now. <laughs> well, I'm okay with that. But <laughs> I still actually will do a password reset for free on people that don't have a prepaid ticket with me. Like Once. Then I then I kind of pushed the. I did this as a compliment, so next time I will charge you or call App River because that's why I have App River. I don't. Right. I, I mean I I I've changed my sales a bit this year, but yeah, that that never again thing is nice. I'll tell you that.
1: We bill them. Uh, we bill them for everything. We came from the uh, the Matt Rainey school of I billing them for everything.
0: He listened to my yeah. show last week and emailed me, and I was like, dude, I just <laughs> talked about you.
1: But uh, so but if they get a little <laughs> irked about it, or if they uh, if it happens a lot, then we train a user in their company yep. to do those resets. That's
0: right, because it is yes or no. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's that's just the winner for everybody is that yes or no thing. Well, that's good. So you guys do a lot of those uh, kind of tickets all day, those little quick build oh, yeah. ones.
1: Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, I, and that's that's what I tell the clients who very few clients have ever complained, but if they do, what I say is, Hey, that's all we do all day. We can't not bill for it. I mean, it's, that's, that is literally, we sit there for half of our day, four out of eight hours is, is done in 15 minute increments. The
0: the help desk work. And that's why what's funny is when, when John, when people leave the help desk world and they think they're going up to be like a, no, you might, I don't remember your corporate background, but, you know, I never wanted to leave the help desk. But those help desk guys are like, oh, I want to go work on servers and not be bothered by these calls. And then they go start their own business. They're going back to help desk again. Right. That's right. all we do.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not the life for everybody, but that's all I do is my hourly jobs and the prepay quick work. Yep. Which I still love them. I had three good jobs last week that I was like, good. yeah, and you know what? They were all three in one day, and a lot of techs are like, well, you're kind of not getting paid. So – How's that win I go because I got three awesome jobs in that was 45 minutes and I still got my hourly rate yeah you know? yeah yeah So how you guys uh s- are you selling blocks of time with your stuff or is it just all wrapped into a, a monthly retainer
1: no so we um, our business model is still um, what you might call pre MSP uh, mm. break I mean, it's not straight break fixes. We have a lot of recurring revenue that comes from regular services, mm-hmm. uh, monitoring, patch management, antivirus, and backup. Gotcha. But none of our labor is included. None. So every single every single labor hour is billed at time and materials. So, but we are um, we're evolving, but uh, slowly because it's going very well for us already. So we're not in a hurry. I mean, people say, well, don't you want regular revenue? I was like, well, we have reg- regular revenue. We have a lot of clients that call us all the time. Mm. I mean, that's, that, there's never a month where like everyone stops calling us. No. Cause like you said, so much of it's help desk. So there's just this little component of um, monthly services that are proactive. And so from, from that perspective, we're doing MSP level work because we are proactive, mm-hmm. but we, we're still billing for all our time. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, there's the good thing about our business, there's always room to change and grow and, and delete stuff. You know, yeah. we're the owners. We can make that decision. Like I, I said, I've got rid of the $69 fixes, the $119 tune ups all done. I just use one 240 a year package now, and that's it. And the reason why is because you can help someone with the virus this month, and in two months, they have a trickle of it, and that takes two hours to fix. Mm-hmm. So I just want it all inclusive. No more bickering back and forth, and, and I've only had I think two clients since the first say it's too expensive. I was like, great, but I sold like eighteen of them. So good. yeah, I mean, so it's kind of like you take the good with the bad, you know, like, well, you lost two. Well oh well. Right. I I I put the computer the business up a couple levels, and to me it just makes everything easier. So good. So you guys doing your own managed services? Like yes. how, using you got any products you want to? pitch
1: um well you mean like the vendors we use
0: or whatever whatever you want to share
1: Um, techs always love learning yeah so we we're actually in the process of moving off of max focus uh and max focus has been okay to us and it's GFI?
0: gfi yeah
1: Yeah. it's a great it's a great starter because of their at least the, the (laughs) the way they used to do billing where it was really pays you go, but now they have a $50 platform.
0: I heard, Untechnable. Uh,
1: <laughs> so we're moving off of that and on to Continuum, which is oh, yeah. which is on the level with the Enables and the Casillas of the RMM world. Very, um, very exp- like uh, five times as expensive as Max Focus. Uh, four to five times as expensive. So really expensive, but we're oh, just I trying, trying to it, build a higher level offering off that's it
0: it's high, it yeah. brings you to the next level of stuff i actually know continuum guys from uh channel uh channel con yeah um i don't deal with their products at all but i know those guys so uh, i've only heard good things so it's a good pitch for them if you're moving to that yeah. level that's what they want are guys like you that are outgrowing the yeah the first starter plans for other things you know
1: huh? and and anybody if i am going to give anybody any advice that's on max focus um <laughs> You're like me, and you, it's good enough, and you know it's good enough, and you think it's kind of awesome because you never had anything before. If you can now, granted, your business model may not support, you may not have the funds to support making the leap to one of the more mature platforms, but check it out because now that I see what these, what the mature RMMs are offering, I realize that Max Focus is kind of a joke. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's come kind of because you are getting to the next level. And the I'm, I'm guessing that's like me too with that well, with kind of the stuff I've already been married to, I wish I could go to the next level with something, so I can't. but but it's going to help you in the future with new things or it takes that the professional touch a little differently the the products you want to use um, yep. i don't know any of anything about msp stuff to be honest with you except what i sell <laughs> i know it's awful to say but
1: no that's not awful yeah. to say at all <laughs> and, and that's and that's i tell people that all the time it's like we know what we know and we know it really yeah. really well so sometimes we take over an msp client who's on a certain backup product yeah. for example and it's a great product and we've never heard anything bad about it guess what we're going to switch you Oh. because we're going to switch you to what we use and That's what right. we we're experts in this backup product. So,
0: yeah, I've, I've talked about my, my new white label partner and I'm not pitching them so much, but if anybody's at the, probably not at your level, but maybe a lower level that wants it managed even more like me, uh, they, they take all of it away from me. I just do the sales and, and the calls. Good. It's nice. Yeah. And, and so I can just keep doing my niche work and not, and still sell a good service. My clients need that, but they don't want to be in a big contract and you know, everything like that. And that's where it's, there's a lot of work out there, John, I'll tell you that yep. there's plenty of it. And the people are afraid to do it. I'm like, don't worry about the money. Got it. You got to let it work itself out first. and The money will come later. Right. Yep. That's how I feel. There's a big thread on a, a Facebook form. Are you in that? I should pitch those guys. It's called the, uh, yeah, hold on. I'll give him a pitch. He'll like it. Um, it's called, it's a Facebook group called the it business owners. I'll put a link. It's a closed yeah. group. It's very private, but uh, they've let anybody in. It's about 120 people and they have engaging conversations. It's kind of like TechNable, except because Facebook is kind of chatty in real time. You know, it's yeah. not a forum. Yeah. And they get into some good discussions over there. So I'll make sure to put that link in yeah. the notes. Yeah, cool. yeah. Well, they have a LinkedIn group too, but LinkedIn is kind of a sad story right now with me. So
1: <laughs> I yeah. not so much anymore. Yeah. Oh no. So tell me about that. I want to hear about that. About the LinkedIn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well in the past, uh, probably at least the last year and a half, it's turned into just a garbage dump of junk. Okay. Yeah. Now I used to be one of those garbage dumpers. Like I am the d- only
1: one. So you got lots that, of eyeballs.
0: That's right. I was <laughs> dumping good garbage. John. I was dumping yeah. the social media like tips and tricks. And then so now everybody pushes all these articles and they're not paying attention because they're doing it fast on their phones. And they're like, yeah. oh, hey, I like this article. Share on LinkedIn. Then it goes to the groups. So the value of the good information is is just junkyarded with all the junk. And I, I still get invites and stuff. But the groups, they they in their latest update, if you noticed, if you log in, it looks different. It's got the metro theme now like everything else that completely destroyed the group's discussions i never get emails anymore it broke a whole bunch of feeds it broke a lot of stuff and the groups are kind of just dying wow it's sad because linkedin doesn't see the groups as a money revenue
1: right well more (laughs) yeah more than that they realized that um People were making money in the groups. What? And, no. Right. I know Not you me. did very well, right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, who did the same thing was Facebook, oh. uh, and Facebook turned it into billions of dollars yeah. because, you know, you used to be able to make a Facebook post and all your, all your l- people that liked your page would see it, and now only 10% of them see it unless you pay Facebook, yeah. so... They wrote the book on that, and LinkedIn, I think, is reading it.
0: <laughs> well, here's the good news is that as a group owner, you could still email out to your group. Yeah. Um, the problem is is do those people get those announcements in their daily digest? That's the – well, the announcements should go straight to their inbox, which it does. That I will say they still do. But when there's a discussion put out there, I don't get the daily like, oh, hey, this discussion has been updated. And you notice how um, like Technibles has that feature too. So, you know, if you're following a thread, LinkedIn's just broke and they just never fixed it. Yeah. So it's hard for me to go to a group and then I have to go find it. And then once I'm there, I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense anymore. And now like some of the groups on LinkedIn have a really themed group, so they manage it well, but those actually take managers and moderators the people like, like doing it for free or get paid somehow. Yeah. So it's just tough. Yeah, I'm just not participating as much. And and I still share stuff because I have most of my stuff I share is through the text, through all my circles. And people are all over the place scattered, you know. Speaking of social media, what are you guys doing for social media?
1: Um, We don't. I mean, we have a presence because I, I consider that a checkmark item in a lot of ways. You got to do it. Um, You know, we've. We've struggled to get to 240 likes on our Facebook page, which yeah. has been a slow burn. Um, and, you know, that's about it. I, From an SEO standpoint, what I tell my clients and I try and abide by ourselves is uh, write a blog, uh, put it on your website, and then push mm-hmm. it out to Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and then be done with it. But the important thing is that you write a lot. Uh, On your own blog. And so we get inbound leads from our website uh, pretty regularly. Um, But Facebook and such, not so much. Um, Yeah.
0: You know, John, I think I have about 5,600 fans on one of my groups from Facebook. But Uh 90% of them are sex freaks from India. Yeah. I mean, because of Call Girl, they're like, hey, girl. Hey, you, girl. And I just... I can't even control it, so I just keep it, right? But I I finally turned off message aloud (laughs) because there were some pretty dirty ones on there. That's funny. (laughs) I know, and I forgot about two of them. So then I had another one. That one's got about 3,600 people. I think, you know, before you could become a public figure? Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: So I had two Facebook pages. One was for Call That Girl, which was just a regular Facebook. And I had like 5,000 friends. Back in the old social media, like, rush days when everybody friended everybody. And then I always kept my own private one. That was just my friends from high school and close friends. Uh And then when I had the 5,000, I was like, okay, I'm going to shut that down and turn into a page. That was before they had public figure. See, I could have been a public figure because I had over 5,000 friends. Right. I got screwed out of that. So now I have (laughs) a page that no one freaking pays attention to. That's
1: funny.
0: I know. I just gave up. (laughs) And that's why I said, who cares? But... You know, it just kind of bothers me that they, they do that stuff. And how do you to keep up?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I am hearing, and of course, Facebook made a lot of their changes so that they could make money uh, when they went public. But I'm hearing from a lot of people that paid Facebook advertising is, is working. So, oh. um, we, I have twice, um, promoted a Facebook post, um, and, you know, I just threw $100 at it to get 20,000 people in our community to see it. Yeah. Um, that's not the type of thing you can measure ROI on. Mm. Um, but when I go into a business six months from now and, and my face or, or our company logo is a little more recognizable to them. Um, that's it's worth $100. branding. That's why I do it. So. I haven't figured out a way to really offer something awesome on Facebook and sponsor it and monetize it and track the return. But yeah. uh, enough other people have told me it's working, um, that I'm still I got that on the radar.
0: But you guys don't do residential at all. Business We like. do
1: actually. We do.
0: Okay. We do so have, you're you're kind of in lot. the break fix slash MSP then.
1: So yeah, well, we okay. we separate the we separate the divisions a little bit because our our residential Brand is called Geek Brigade oh I remember that yeah and it's just a little I mean it's a great brand it's got good traction in our community we have a a storefront and a strip mall and people walk through the front door Mm -hmm. it's very very busy so there's nothing wrong with it but we can't go into like a high end law firm as I don't feel like we can go in there as Geek Brigade so we have IT Indianapolis for the oh
0: for the business
1: side it's kind of like
0: party in the front business in the back whatever right yeah, well, I was kind of told in the beginning that call that girl would never be anything by a woman that I met for coffee in two thousand seven. I pretty much was like, well, that uh, wasn't very nice. Yeah, she she was a big consultant, and she thought she 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 met me at a networking thing. Was like, she just saw me as like a a victim. Well, let's go out for coffee and let me just freaking just ruin you right now. And everything she said, I remember leaving going. Wow, I just feel like I got molested somehow. You know, like it was awful, and I just never cared. You know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, I like the name G- Geek Brigade. I remember seeing that on TechNoble years ago. I think before you yep. had the one. Yeah. Well, you know what though? You, it's probably best you split because then you can actually have two different companies.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Of sorts, you know.
1: It's really just a branding, you know, yeah. it's a marketing ploy. Uh, IT Indianapolis, you know, is, um, well, at least that's how it started. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I didn't want to walk in to, um, I really don't want to be necessarily uh, brand myself uh, as a geek.
0: Yeah, it so has a bad, bad following out there now. Could, yeah. I can't believe how many businesses back in the early 2000s used the word geek to follow the geek squad. And then yep. and they're just dumb, some of these, too. I mean, you guys actually has a little girth to it. Uh, I've seen some like geek for you. I'm like, really?
1: Right. Well, what's really you. funny is we get calls sometimes that where they, <laughs> the person will say and they're usually a little bit older. Elderly, maybe even. And they say, Yeah, you guys set up my VCR last year, and we were wondering if you could come and, you know, hook up our computer. And I'm like, um, I don't think we set up your VCR, but we'll be out there, you know, to set up your computer.
0: <laughs> Back when I was like 10, I was right. doing house visits for VCRs.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they clearly, you know, might think we're Geek Squad. Um, oh, that's cute. So oh well
0: yeah oh well do you guys have one where you live (laughs) we do oh yeah 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 all right john well let's see what else we have to chat about i think we could probably close up soon um just a reminder that i met john on technable which is a resource i found about it's been six years now i've been there and um you know it's got a ton of resources for most computer repair businesses or msp folks or you know there's different types of uh uh, people that come there all the way from the hobbyist all the way up to bigwigs, Right, John. Now yep. Yeah. Yep. John's a very, per, uh, very active participant there like I am. So you always see him giving a value add to a thread or in... I actually don't see it start to make questions. <laughs> You're more of the add on guy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but you do it
1: right. I think I don't, maybe it's because I'm impatient. Um, you know, I when I'm stuck on something, I'm afraid to wait. I to wait on responses to a threat. So
0: now I I think that what's funny is what I've noticed. It's 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 a following we all kind of do. Is I'll put stuff out there, but it's not as often as I used to. because um, I'm fixing my own stuff usually. You know, for yep. what I do, and yep. I try to go out there and give advice. But there's a lot of people that have lots of different advice. So it's just like if you go to a forum, you go to Google. Take it for what it is. Yeah. No one's ever 100% accurate, you know, but... Uh, well,
1: the great thing about a message board, though, is you, you get to know the people, and you get to know, uh, mm-hmm. in, at least in your own head, hey, that's a guy I like to listen to. Yeah. And so when he or she posts advice, you listen, um, and... Sometimes I'll even see somebody's advice. Uh, I'll, I'll not be so sure if I want to listen to it or not. So I'll click on their name and look at other threads they've, they've started yeah. and replied to, to to see if I can figure out if they know what they're talking about or not. Um, oh, I do a
0: lot of-, of profiling on there for sure. I, first thing I go see is how long they've had the account.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then I go, go well, all right. Then they posted some stuff. and Yeah. I, you know, it's kind of weird. The other day I was like, wow, it's been six years. Holy smokes. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Yep. I've only had my business eight and a half. Yeah. I don't know. How long have you been there? I don't remember.
1: Five years. Nice. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's changed a little bit. I've, I've, sometimes I look at, you know, it's so funny is that since they did the form changes, is sometimes I'll see someone's name and go look at their profile, and I'm like they've been there longer than me. I don't even know who they are.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's scary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's a lot, a lot, a lot of lurking, um, a lot of lurking. So, well, yeah, you, you register an account eight years ago so that you could get into a certain sub forum, and then you never posted for five years, and now all of a sudden you're an active poster. So, I know. I mean, I that's kind of the path I followed. Um, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually um, back when the the books were kind of popular, I had so many people that were like, "Oh, I don't even have an account at Technobabble. I just read it." Yeah. I'm like, really? Because they're, you know, I remember one guy actually worked for um, uh, Cisco. And he and he called me to want to talk to me about something, which I don't even know what it was for. I don't remember. He's like, yeah, I've been, I just lurk. I was like, hey, that's why you got to, you know, if you're in the public forums, you got to just be aware that someone might be watching you. <laughs>
1: right.
0: <laughs> and liking right. you and call you. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I you never know. All right, guys. Well, if you want to talk to John or, uh, for business purposes or whatever, uh, John, give us your email again.
1: Um, J W R I G H T at it and
0: And you can follow him on Technable and his, uh, profile is 10 yard fight. Yep. And I don't know if do you got any other social media pitches you want to give.
1: No, I would say no. <laughs> uh, just go to the website. Go to itindianapolis.com. Uh, check us out. Learn a little bit about the company. And if if you want to reach out, reach out there or, or do it by email. And
0: uh, hey, you're kind of the perfect middle ground. Break fix slash MSP. You're doing a little bit of everything. It sounds like you got it going on there too. With seven guys, that's awesome. I think Thank a lot you. of I think a lot of techs want to get to that level. So
1: hey, we got one girl. Or nice. Ax, I mean, one girl. To, uh, tech. Uh, actually, three, um, three girls that work here. So don't what? say guys. Don't say guys. They might take three
0: out of seven? <laughs> seven.
1: Three out of eight. Three out of eight. I, I shorted us one. We just hired a, an administrator um, this month. So nice. she's, she's the eighth, and she's the third girl.
0: Uh, how handy and is it, she with Outlook? <laughs> uh,
1: not yet. She's actually <laughs> not. She's not. She's not technical at all. Oh. That was kind well, of by design.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm hiring an answering service. They're not technical. Yeah. No.
1: They, if if something if somebody really technical answers the phone, they get abused and taken advantage of.
0: Yeah. It's ain't it, the truth. That's why. Yeah. I just have the phones now going to a service. I start that on Monday. Yay.
1: <laughs> back, nice. to,
0: back to the service again. Well, you know what I think bothers me the most is because I am on my phone all day is when I'm on a phone call and I get a call, I can hear it coming in. So I have to have an iPhone and then worst cases, they will call back again. Cause I sends the voicemail. I don't know what they're doing, but they think I'm, you know, going to pick up the second time when I don't. And then of course is a third call comes in. So all I'm hearing in the back end is more calls coming in.
1: Yeah, it distracts
0: tough. me. And I'm like, I don't have a big phone set I've got two iPhones, one forwards to the other, you know, yeah. and the service is going to help, I think, uh, secure my consults. So, like when someone calls in as a first timer, they don't know who they're talking to, you know? So, the the service is going to actually schedule a consult for me right then and there, but they're not going to do anything else. I don't want them doing sales pitches or any of that. Not sure. yet. So, we'll, I'll talk about that next show because I be, have a whole weekend. Yeah, my belt. look
1: forward to hearing about it.
0: Yeah. All right, John. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, anybody, if you want to check out my ebooks, it's called That Girls. Um, excuse me, call that girl.biz slash publications, uh, office 360, I'm oh, sorry, call that girl.biz slash office 365 for the notes, and call that girl.podbean. That's it. All right. Thanks, John. Take care, everybody. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you to our sponsors, at River and Podbean, for hosting. If you have a story you'd like to share or want to be a guest on the show, please contact me, Lisa at call that girl.biz. Signing off. Thanks, everybody.